Darren, welcome. I'm Rabbi Nachomet with the Las Vegas Colo. The nuclear missile arsenal of the Army has to be ready to launch at a moment's notice. The problem is, is that rocket fuel is really volatile. It's not shelf-stable. A spark, static electricity, it could ignite the rocket fuel and create a tremendous explosion. The way the Army deals with that is it divides the rocket fuel into two separate components, a propellant and an oxidizer. And it keeps those two components in separate tanks. Each one of those components on its own is shelf-stable. There, nothing can go wrong with the spark, static electricity. Each one of those components, they're fine. They're inert. A spark won't cause it to detonate. If the Army decides it needs to launch, God forbid, a nuclear missile, what it does is it combines those two properties, the oxidizer with the propellant. When those two pro properties get combined, well, then it becomes very, very volatile. And it triggers the rocket to be launched. It can trigger an explosion. And the rocket can be launched in a moment's notice. You just need to combine the oxidizer with the propellant. Otherwise, they're kept separate. They're kept in separate tanks. And they're very safe. On September 18, 1980, something went wrong. One of the nuclear missiles exploded while it was being docked in its silo you know, just sitting there. And it created tremendous explosion. The nuclear warhead was live on top of that missile when it exploded. The nuclear missile got thrown, it got propelled hundreds of feet outside of the silo. Thank God it didn't trigger a nuclear explosion. Thank God no radioactivity was, you know, emitted into the atmosphere. A few soldiers were killed tragically. But it could have been a whole lot worse. What went wrong? Those two, those two elements, the oxidizer and the propellant, were safe. They were in separate components, in separate containers. What went wrong? Why did that rocket suddenly explode and nearly cause one of the worst tragedies in the history of the world? What happened? If you take note, when we go ahead and we pray to God and we ask God for forgiveness, we recite the 13 attributes of God's mercy. And we talk about how the fact that God is no say avon vafesha vechata, that God forgives avon vafesha vechata. Avon, the way Tosos in the early commentaries explains, avon is an intentional sin. It's when we sin with intent. I know what I'm doing and I know what it's wrong, but I'm going to sin anyway. That's avon. Pesha, in Hebrew, translates the way Tosus explains as a rebellious sin. Sometimes we don't just sin intentionally. We sin intentionally with intent to provoke God, to anger God. I'm willingly sinning because I flagrantly want to anger God. That's an act of rebellion. Those two categories of sin we understand. We need to ask God for mercy. If we've ever sinned intentionally, if we've ever, ever sinned with intent to rebel, Certainly, we need to ask God for forgiveness. That's understandable. But what's interesting is we don't just ask God for, for forgiveness for Avon and Pesha. We also ask God for forgiveness for Chata'ah, which Tosos explains that's a reference to sins that are committed recklessly, sins that are committed unintentionally. The question has to be asked, if it's done unintentionally, it's done without direct intent to provoke God, it's done without intent to rebel against God, why do we have to ask for forgiveness? Ramban, Rabbi Moshe Nachmanani's writing in his Shar HaGamol explains, sometimes when we sin carelessly, without any intent to anger God, 
But when it's done carelessly, because we're not paying attention, it indicates that we're not taking the matter serious enough. If we go ahead and we're reckless, we're careless, that is an indicator that whatever we were reckless about, whatever we were unintentionally violating, it means we don't hold that issue to be important enough in our own mind and in our own eyes to make sure that we don't become careless and mistakenly violate or transgress. We don't go ahead and recklessly or carelessly commit sins if we think that those sins are really worthwhile and are really worthy enough of our attention and our focus. If we're careless, it indicates that we're just not paying attention and we're not taking the message to heart. I'll give you an example. Let's say I told you there was a fellow, he's a mechanic, and he's working on his car, and he's adjusting, you know, some component in his car, and he's ratcheting with his ratchet with a wrench, tightening a nut, and he accidentally drops the wrench, and it falls onto the floor. He lost grip of that wrench. Was that an act of rebellion? No. Did he intentionally decide, I'm going to hereby drop this wrench? Certainly not. That would be a reckless, careless, unintentional, you know, minor transgression. I let hold of a wrench. But we would say it's not really a big deal. You're a mechanic working on a car, so you dropped a wrench. Who cares? You were a little careless with that wrench. No big deal. Nothing happened. But imagine it was September 18th, 1980, and you were servicing a rocket that had a nuclear warhead attached to the top of that rocket, and you had a wrench, and your job was to service the rocket and you were tightening a nut, a bolt, a screw, and you accidentally let go of that wrench. Not intentionally, you weren't trying to sabotage anyone, you weren't trying to deliberately set off an explosion. You just were a little careless, a little reckless with your grip, and you lost hold of the wrench, and the wrench falls 80 feet, and it punctures the propellant on the bottom of a rocket, and the propellant escapes, into the chamber where that rocket is housed, and it mixes with the oxidizer and creates a tremendous explosion. Would we say, oh, no big deal. I, you know, he doesn't, that serviceman wasn't intentionally trying to you know, launch that rocket. He was you know, just a little careless. The answer is when you're dealing with nuclear warheads, you don't want anyone to be reckless. Being careless is not okay because the stakes are so high. You're dealing with a nuclear missile after all. You've got to be extra careful. Do you appreciate the magnitude of what you're dealing with? And if a serviceman, that's exactly what happened with that serviceman on September 18th. He was just servicing the rocket, dropped a wrench, accidentally it fell, punctured the propellant, mixed with the oxidizer, and almost caused an unintentional nuclear explosion that would have been devastating. When it comes to our observance of the mitzvahs and our relationship with God, Sometimes our sins are intentional, and we get that. But many of our sins are unintentional. Many of our sins, they're because we are a little careless or reckless. We have to recognize that when it comes to mitzvahs, mitzvahs are super important. And it's not okay to just say, well, it was unintentional, I don't need to ask God for forgiveness. If we don't think that our mitzvah observance is important, that in and of itself is a big failure. And that's why we need to go ahead when it comes to forgiveness and asking God, we need to repent and we need to ask God for forgiveness even for the unintentional sins. Because our unintentional sins indicate that we're just not taking our relationship with God serious enough.